forward to a fantastic Christmas, and uh, Dave is meandering his way into his usual seat. No coffee in hand yet because he just started brewing that pot, but uh, trust, he's got a lot to talk about. Matt Smith's going to join him here in just a few minutes. Yeah, I'm live. I'm doing your show for you, Dave. So uh, we'll talk movies and entertainment and a whole lot of fun stuff this afternoon. I saw a a really interesting meme that... uh, Showed a picture of of the president sitting in a uh, in a corner in nothing but a diaper, lamenting about the fact that somebody took my Twitter. I doubt it. He's giving people all kinds of fits right now. And anytime Dave wants to open his ears and put his ear ears on, he's just going to stick his tongue out and make me do the work for as long as I can. Are you there? Are, are you even going to say anything? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. i just wondering. I went and finished the coffee for you and I, sir. I got it ready. It's ready for you to get a cup of coffee now. Well, I'll, I'll go get me a cup of coffee here in just a minute. Wait, have you seen the movie yet? The uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. I saw it last night. I and? liked it. I liked it a lot. It, it's kind of disjointed at the beginning, but about a... A little over 50% through, things smooth out really nice. And I think the ending of it is uh, really fantastic. I think they did a great job of wrapping up the saga. And for these people, these ignorant people, and I'm sorry, I I can't think of anything else to say ignorant. I mean, look, Star Wars has been going on for, what, 40-plus years. Not that dang old. The first movie came out 40-something years ago. All right, and it was just called Star Wars. Now it's no, known as uh, what New Beginnings. It's like uh, Episode Four uh, in the in the nine episodes of uh, the Skywalker Legacy. And and really, to be honest, the very yeah, I don't anyway. That's part of it. But for these people to say, why are you fan servicing in this movie? In other words, why are you Given the fans everything they want. They've stuck with the franchise for 40-something years. Why wouldn't you do that? How many franchises have there been like that? Any? None that I know of. I mean, the closest that you're going to find in in modern day is going to be the Marvel series. Yeah, that's it. And that's not even close to 40 years. No, not at all. They've they've done that. And, and what, 
the last decades, eight years. Yeah, about a decade. I'm just saying. And I thought it was good. And I know that some people are saying, well, special appearances by this one. I'm not going to say who it is. It's important that I don't. But this person, that person, this thing, that thing. It was all pertinent to the movie. So why not? Why not? And it played along with the first three movies in that, uh, you know, talking about Star Wars, uh, Return of the uh, Return of Jedi and, and the Empire Strikes or the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Part of the things that these returning characters, it was because of that the philosophical underpinnings of those three movies. And if it hadn't been for those three movies, we wouldn't be doing the ninth one. I'm just, I'm just saying, all right? Just the way it is. But, yeah, I, I'm i tired of listening to people because Disney took over. They hate it. I hate it. Disney's it. Disney's this. I hate Disney. Screw you. Disney is like one of the biggest media companies in the world now. If you can do better, you raise the seven, you know, the hundred and ten million dollars it takes to put together a Star Wars movie, and you do it. I just it makes me. I if I had hair, I'd pull it out. To be honest with you, Russ. They're griping for the sake of griping. Yes. At, uh, yes. At a corporate entity. Yes. That has finished up the. Yes. The. Well, they had the same gripes with Lucasfilm. The exact same gripes. They become corporate. So what? It takes a corporation to put together the budgets for these big tentpole movies that you like to go see normally or that you go see so that you can get on the uh, Internet and bitch about it. Why don't you sit down with your bucket of popcorn and your soda and watch the movie and enjoy it for what it is and then walk away? That's all I'm saying. Man, you're bumming me out on a Friday. Man, I'm not trying to bum anybody out. I'm just saying that there's people out there that forget what movies are about. Movies are about entertainment. Take you away from reality for a, for couple of a hours. moment in time and enjoy something fantastic. Here's the key. I sat down. First of all, I went and saw Jumanji 2 first last night. I did a double feature last night. Oh, you dog. That's... <laughs> so I how, how was Jumanji 2? It's good. It's very well done. You know, it's not the first movie, all right? And that's that's easy to explain. It's not the first movie. That's what it is when you're it's the first movie. I'm sure movie. some of the sight gags in that came out in the first movie are are uh, you know, they, allude they don't to come them. across that way. You know the best part of the movie, you'll love this uh Russ. When you go see it, you're going to laugh. They play off of, off the rock, and you know when they hit the the left side of their of their uh, chest, the screen comes up and says what their strengths and weaknesses are, like it was in the first movie. Yeah, and the, one of the rock's strength uh, strengths is his smoldering look, the people's eyebrow. Yes, and they play off of that through the whole movie, and it's hilarious. It is just hilarious because uh, I'm not going to give away. There's a change in the movie to make it fresh. It's very well done. 
And it's a great movie. Just go and sit down and enjoy and laugh, all right, and laugh about it. No penis jokes this time, though. I'll just let you know that. There's, there's, there's no, none of that. You remember that, right, from the first movie? Yeah, Karen. Oh, yeah, not, not, in the, not in this one. And the way this one ends, because this movie's already made $60 million first weekend, uh, they have it set up for a third movie. It's already set up for a third one, and I'll go see it. As long as The Rock and Kevin Hart are in it, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart are in it, I'll go see it. And the girl, who's the girl that's in that that plays like the Tomb Raider? Her name's Karen. She's uh, uh, you you more recognize her as Nebula from Yes Guardians of the Galaxy. She's excellent again in this movie. Very good in this movie. But you also have Danny DeVito and Danny Glover in this movie. And they, really, yes, it's, it's Jack Black in this. Yes, he's so back. all the main all the all, all the, the main characters are back. It's a great, it's a good movie. It's a lot of fun. Everybody, everybody was laughing out loud in the theater last night where I saw it. It was really good. So I came out of that movie last night. Ran down to uh, uh, what was it? Uh, went and saw the King last night and had a had a junior burger. And uh, and a Diet Coke and ran back and got in my seat and and watched uh, Star Wars. And I'm just going to tell you what. It doesn't matter which Star Wars movie it is that I've seen. When that music starts, I'm gone. You know how it's always such, you know, and the Star Wars flashes up on the screen and then they start rolling the storyline. Dude, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. I have been for every one of the movies. I'm all well, in. I seriously can't wait to go see it. You'll love it, man. It's good. Oh, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I've always. I remember. See, I'm from Little Rock, Dave. Yeah. I grew up here, and when the original Star Wars came out, I was down there, down at at Asheron University. There was a dome theater down there. Oh yeah, I. I it was still here when I came. Okay. Well. When that first Star Wars movie came out. That's where it played for how long? That's where it played. Well, I don't know how long it played there. I I was too young to remember that. But what I do remember was the line to go see the movie. Oh, The first time, I mean, you'd, you, you'd go out there in the afternoon and you'd stand in line. And it wrapped the building like three times mm-hmm. to get in to go see the movie the first time. And as they showed one... And let everybody out. Then it moved, and it uh, they just kept circulating people in to see the movie. Right. Well, that and that's that was amazing. Was, that was played out all over the United States. Oh yeah, because I saw it in Indianapolis. That's where I saw it. I was in tech school in uh, the Air Force, and I I went I went and saw it. So, uh, and I saw it. Uh, we went and saw it that day. And then I went and saw it two more times that weekend. That's how much I love that movie from the word get-go. Just a fun, fun movie. It came out in 1977. 42 years ago. Insane. 42 years. So why wouldn't you do fan service? Give a mic to, is, is uh, a wild man in there? That? No, that's Lynn. Oh, is that Lynn? All right. But why wouldn't you do fan service? Why wouldn't you give a tip of the hat 
and put things in the movie that you know the fans who have put 42 years into following this franchise. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you give them a tip of the hat and say thanks? I I can't understand that. This is the millennial saying, "Uh, oh, boomer." Yeah, well, millennial, you ignorant little creeps. Sorry. Well, right? and you know, as far as go, fan service go, goes, go get in go get in the basement of your mama's house. You know, you say as far as fan service goes, Dave, yeah. you can uh you can you can fan service the Batman franchise, but how many different actors have played batman that's correct now over how many different years and i know it had been 40 years but that would be the second franchise that has had at least that many because people love movies. that character people Who's, love that character i'm just talking about some of the 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 critics comments about the latest star wars movie which i thought was very very good i enjoyed the heck out of it yeah is that a hanukkah hat matt mm, no, no it's a yankee hat um, <laughs> it's Merry Christmas, Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Not <laughs> it's that, blue and white. Not that, uh, not that you know, I'm a big Yankees fan or anything. If if you see me wearing some sports memorabilia, someone gave it to me. Okay, I know nothing about sports. Nothing. All right, Zero. just know that that's the greatest franchise in baseball. It was a gift. So that one. coming from a Cubs fan. That's right. I, you know, I just hey, I know nothing about sports. Like you know, I just. I just we can, so nobody else has won as many World Series as that franchise. Okay, has. I mean you know I'm I just can't, saying, you know we can't feed the hungry, house the homeless, we can't educate the children, but we whine and cry and roll around in the ditch over our college football coach. Makes no sense to me, but hey. You know. All right. So anyway, yeah, yeah, here's here's one of the biggest complaints. Okay, I'm seeing, and it's right. coming from millennials more than anybody. Uh huh. Yeah, and that is. Too much fan service in the movie. Yeah. Too much what? Fan service. Hmm. You know, yeah. you you put things in the movie right. to to make the fans feel good. Well, here's my yeah. here's my argument back. Forty two years this franchise has been going. Yeah. Well, Why my, wouldn't you say thanks? Yeah. Well, my argument is, you know, you're 26 and you're still on your mom and dad's insurance, and you're living in their basement. Probably. Yeah. You went off to college <laughs> and came home, and you drive a car that mom and dad provide, and. You got a cell phone that mom and dad provide. You eat their groceries, and you know you're at home and watching their you know cable television or satellite or Netflix account. But you're complaining about something. You know, <clears throat> get a job, yeah. man. Get a life. You know, yeah, live I a agree. little. Get an opinion. Have you seen it? Did you see it? Yet? I have not. It's I good. Have not. Of course, Matt, it's you're good. gonna like it. It's good. Of course, it's good. Now, I, is I haven't it, seen is it. it as good as Star Wars? No, because Star Wars. Is Star Wars? It was right, the first movie. Right. It 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 broke the mold. It, right. It started a whole new era of of filmmaking. Right. Right. I mean, I've been so busy with 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 Christmas parties and projects, and I haven't gotten to the to the movie theater. And you know, I mean, that's just that's the reality. That's that's the that's the boat I'm in. So you know, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. You're but, a businessman. Uh, the place was sold out last night. So you know, I mean, they're coming out. They were packed into all of my locations last night to see the thing and we kicked off our first showing of star wars at 9 a.m this morning <clears throat> so well you know. the, the crowd enjoyed it there in cabot of course what's not to love it was it, it was fun and i know there's i will admit mm -hmm. that at the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. about the first uh hour okay it seemed a little it felt a little disjointed mm -hmm. took mm -hmm. it a little bit of time to find its feet but when it did okay it was good, and the very end of the ending, the last 45 minutes of the movie, is a perfect way to end the saga. Well, you know, 
there is a lot of good films out right now. Cats is good. Christmas Day, Spies in Disguise comes out. People are loving Jumanji, the, the next level. So I saw it last night, too. I went to Double Frozen's Feature. Frozen's good. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> Jumanji was excellent. You watched both of them in Cabot? Yep. Good deal. Good I sure deal. did. I got done with Jumanji, then I ran down to... Uh, to, uh, the 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 current or the king had a a quick burger and oh. then ran back to the th- the theater and and saw Star Wars Chapter Nine. Well, we are uh, we're, we're reworking our floors there in Cabot with all new carpet and floor lights and new tile, and we got about half that done. We'll finish the rest up after the holidays. I'm, I'm going to give you give you a pump here. Oh, okay, I went and saw Jumanji as okay. I said. What I really like what you had done in that theater, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what theater that was. It was on. Like the second one right there on the left after you give your ticket. Okay. And I walked in, and you have, instead of having the letters on the floor, mm-hmm. you now have them on the side of the seats. Yeah, you like that stuff? Yeah. Good. It's good, very easy good. to find your way around. Good. Okay. Good. Even when they turn the theater lights down, you can still see because you got the lights on the side of the seats, you can see the letters. Well, we're looking to improve. And so we've come in there and we put in all new tile and new carpet, and we're putting in some floor lighting, new floor lighting. We're not finished with that. Uh, but when we fin- we have finished that in Hot Springs. Uh, and then we, we we're probably, I don't know, 50%, 60%, 60% done in Cabot. And then we'll finish up Cabot after the holidays. Then we'll do the same thing in Cersei all new tile, all new carpet, all new floor lights. Uh, we do have the real D3D system now in Cersei, and, of course, Cabot's had that for a while now. Uh, and then after the first year in Cabot, um, <clears throat> we'll be putting um, new LED lights and digital signage and stuff outside. So we'll be doing that in Cabot next year. That's coming to Cersei as well. Cersei will all, also get remodeled restrooms, and uh, Cersei will get a new parking lot. We've already done all that in Hot Springs, and then uh, we start um, we start on Batesville this weekend. All right. So this weekend. All right. Hold your thoughts. We'll come back. We got to get a break in. Oh, by the way, if you're uh, thinking about coming to see Gone with the Wind, buy your tickets now. Tickets are almost sold out. I just checked it today. Yeah, it always sells out. I mean, it it's that that and I mean that and Casablanca and Godfather. I mean, we got a good lineup next year. Where's the vase? People come to those. Mm-hmm. I love playing those. Um, you know, just that that's really the canon of American cinema. So, I agree. Yeah. Those are the big ones. We'll be back with more. Matt Smith has come into the studio. Did you get any uh, sun while you were in Florida? Uh, no, no, man. I mean, we just we just spent 10 days doing the crazy Disney thing, and, you know, it's cool, and we always enjoy it. I like uh, the picture just, of the pirates, man. Di- yes, the, the Disney parks, and, you know, they treat us right. All right. My boss is telling me, you got to wrap it. A break. We're back in a in a Nope. Back with you. It's Dale Ellswick Sherry. We got uh we got a minute till we get the news here, Matt. And I was just asking Matt about a movie. It's coming out in January and I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. And uh it's called nineteen seventeen. Yes. It looks awesome. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to open on Christmas Day at One Screen New York, One Screen LA for an Academy Award nomination run. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's hitting all of my theaters Thursday, January the 9th at 7 o'clock. Okay. Well, I'll be there to see that one. I'm really looking forward to it. It's about a, two guys called in by a general during World War One, and they're given a message to carry to the front to a group of men who are getting ready to make an attack in the morning and they've got to, to get it done or there's going to be a massacre of those guys. And one of the guys happens to be one of these guys' brother. 
So we'll talk about that and other movies that are coming up. But first, we're going to catch the news. All right. So we're talking about a movie that's going to open Christmas Day at the Riverdale 10. And I may have to come over and see this. It's called what? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. And it stars Adam Sandler in a dramatic role. Yes, yes. I mean, just just so people know, uh, if you're going to the Hot Springs 8 VIP Cinema, the Cersei 8 VIP Cinema, uh, the uh, Cabot 8 VIP Cinema, on Christmas Day, we will open Spies in Disguise. Uh, Also on Christmas Day, we will have Little Women. Uh, We will still be playing Jumanji. We will still be playing Frozen. Uh, Cats will be on the screen. Uh, which opens today, uh, and we will still uh, we will still have um, Star Wars on three screens. So that's at the Cersei Cinema Eight, the Cabot Eight VIP Cinema, uh, the Cersei Eight VIP Cinema, and the Hot Springs Eight VIP Cinema. Uh, we will be open um, on Christmas Eve. We just don't have the late show. So the seven p.m. round of shows at all of my locations are the last round of shows on Christmas Eve. And, yes, we are open all day on Christmas. We're open 365 days a year. We never close. Um, Those are the eight movies that will be on Christmas Day at the eight screens. And then at Riverdale, uh, 10, in addition to those those eight films there, uh, we will have Bombshell, which came out today. That's about Megyn Kelly and all of them at Fox. Yes. And we will have Uncut Gems, which stars Adam Sandler. Uh, It's from uh, Area 24. Uh, they do some good movies. They occasionally have some good movies. Uh, sometimes they, um, you know, can pull the trigger on something and handle it in a good way. Uh, sometimes they they drop the ball with the way they handle their films. Uh, Did, they're new. They're a little indie house. Didn't they do the Lobster? Uh, that was one of theirs. Okay. Um, you know, generally of those independent operators, Searchlight is the best. They mm-hmm. typically get it right. Um, Area 24, uh, Amazon, um, IFC, uh, they're, they're indie distributors and they try. It's just sometimes hit and miss with them. Uh, I wonder about some of their decisions. But now when you're talking about an indie film that, that, that connects, uh, it's generally Searchlight. It's just, you know, like Jojo Rabbit, you know, Ray but, reviews but, uh, for that they, thing. Aren't they part of CBS? No, no, um, no. Um, there was a company called CBS Films. Uh, but they have shut down now. Okay. So they're they're no longer distributing. All right. Um uh anyway, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I got off track there. But okay. Adam Sandler well, stars in, in Uncut sorry. Gems. Right. And he plays like a jewelry shyster type guy, kind of a kind of a or kind of a scam artist type dude. And and it's a dramatic role and pretty much every scene he he's in is just a real meaty, just dialogue filled. He's kind of chewing up the whole scene and it's it's really a tour de force for the guy and and so totally and completely out of his wheelhouse and they're talking academy award they're talking best performance ever for the guy you know he's made a lot of big selling blockbuster films like happy gilmore and things like the that water boy that have made so much money <laughs> and it made people laugh and, yeah. and he really cashed into the box office like that and then for a while now he's just kind of made this um 
bags of dog poo that go straight to Netflix that are horrible. But he's been doing well in the animated series because he did all the Transylvania movies, didn't he? Wasn't uh, that him? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about more, not not necessarily the voice, he's been but, but acting. Right. Uh, and so I don't know. <clears throat> I guess, you know, uh, I don't know. I guess you can just make some crap and stick it on Netflix, and if you've got a name, they'll give you a check. You right, know? right. But now this is actually an effort uh, for him to do something. And they filmed this thing in New York, you know, right there in the jewelry district and on the streets and everything. And it's just gritty and it's cool. And and um, I, I mean, I highly recommend the film. Well, I'm going right? to go see it on Christmas. So, yeah, Day I mean, then. it's just a it's just a gritty flick. I mean, you know, I, I, I highly recommend that. So, yeah, that's what's coming up. So, um, yes, uh, right now you can catch Cats. Uh, and you can catch uh, Star Wars, mm-hmm. which both came out today at all of my movie theaters. And then in addition to that, uh, in Cersei, we have Jumanji on the screen. Uh, we're also playing Frozen. Uh, those are still on in Cersei, Cabot, uh, Riverdale, and Hot Springs. And then, of course, on Christmas Day, we open Little Women and Spies in Disguise. Riverdale 10 playing all of those. In addition to that, at Riverdale 10, we have Bombshell and Richard Jewell. And then on Christmas Day, Riverdale 10 will have Uncut Gems. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm really... Uh, I haven't seen Cats. I'll go see it. My problem is, is typically I've always felt that most musicals that have been huge hits on stage have a tough time being translated to the big screen. With that said, there have been, uh, you know, ones that that's not the case. Chicago was a good uh, a good point in that. That was a great movie. I think a lot of that has to do with casting. Renee Zellweger and, right. and, and all the ones that were in that movie. It was very well done. So, so And you, Cabaret is right? a, a perfect example of that. But that can't beat Joel Grey. Right. Yeah, as far as that, that was okay. concerned. So okay. um, I'll be interested. Andrew Lloyd Webber has not translated to the, the, the big screen really so you're, well. you're debating the cats thing? i'm gonna go see it but okay. I'm, i don't know if i'll you know i hope i like it sometimes i like them sometimes i don't and i'm a big musical guy i like musical theater i like to go see it on on stage i'm not going to go see wicked this year just for the simple reason instead of buying meat buying tickets i've seen it uh three times I'll i'll let somebody else buy tickets who's never seen it and go see it it's a it's a great great okay. show. Okay, nice, okay. So nice twist on the well, Wizard of Oz. Did you? I don't know if you you know took a look today, but you know if you look at today's Democrat Gazette, okay. Okay, what did they say about Star Wars? 80, they like Star 80, Wars. I think it was. They like Star Wars. Yeah, that's um, a B. You know, they were just they they didn't like cats that much. So I don't know. Maybe they're agreeing with you. Yeah, right. It's just that sometimes what you do on stage doesn't translate to. What did you think there. about Moulin Rouge? I didn't like it. Okay. Okay. And it's like I didn't like the, the Mamma Mia thing either. No, I, I'm not a good person to comment on musicals. I don't like the genre, right? Yeah. Just like I don't like the genre of horror films. And so that I'm really not, you know, asking me my opinion of a musical or horror film is just no, you know, but dramas you know good action flicks things like that i mean that's what i really i, I love I ford versus ferrari for example yeah right? i know you did i love joker you know i haven't uh, seen that i gotta see it yet. i mean it's so good you know i so but for musicals and, and horror films I, I just don't like them you know it's just just not in my radar so i you know i don't know if i would agree with this review sounds like you might 
Well, see, I liked Cats on the big stage. Right, I right. really liked it on the big stage. Right. It's like I liked Phantom of the Opera. I mean, I'll go see Phantom of the Opera at the drop of a, of a hat. If somebody says, hey, Phantom of the Opera is playing and it's within 80 miles, right? I'm in. However, I'm out when you start talking about, you know, how, how much did everybody like it on the big screen with, uh, you know, uh, what's his name that plays the Secret Service guy protecting the president all the time? Butler. Right. You like Gerard those. Butler. He wasn't that good in Phantom of the Opera. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah so, not not that yeah, good. So. Just saying, just right. saying. And, you know, they left some things out of the movie that I thought were the some of the big stuff for uh, the theater, although the theater now has left some of the stuff out from the original Phantom uh, of the Opera. Okay. They've narrowed it down while they gotcha. take it out on, gotcha. this, out on, the, on the road. But anyway. Okay. Uh, I, I will tell people who mm-hmm. have enjoyed the Star Wars movies, as long as you're not totally one of those people that is just geeked out beyond belief mm-hmm. that you'll like this movie. It's, a, it's fun. It, it's, it takes it about 45 minutes, almost an hour to really find its its legs but when it does it hits it on all eight cylinders so you like what jj abrams is doing yeah i liked i liked what he did for this i'm gonna just say i thought that the ending of the movie and that's what i was interested in i wanted Mm -hmm. to see how do you end the skywalker saga right i mean i've been in on this for 42 years so i'm interested and uh I don't know why they did you, good. I mean, I would think that you would want some homage to the fans, and they did. And so I don't and, know. And why And that they're... was only right that they did that. Of There's course, some things yeah. that are in there that uh, some people can say, "No, nah, no." Nah. It was a tip of the hat, not to all the movies, but to that fir- the seminal canon of the three movies, the first three, the first three that took over the world. Yep, it changed movies forever. That's right. That, great, you know, great movies that people will look back on a hundred years from now. How we look at Gone, Gone with the Wind, Wind or and Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. and some anything of the other from 1939. Movies. Yes, yeah, you look back now at 1939, and you're like, wow. I mean, you what look, a year for film. You got you had Star Wars, mm-hmm. you had Raiders. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Jaws. You mm-hmm. take those three movies right there. There, it changed filmed them mm-hmm. for everybody. And when we're all gone, people will look back at those movies exactly like we look at night at 1939 yep. as the High water mark yep. for cinema. I agree. So, I mean, you know, Gone with the Wind is the biggest selling movie of all time. I know. All time. It, it just keeps up racking the, the dough. Biggest ever. Yeah. Biggest it, ever. It, it really is an amazing uh, movie. It's uh, Whether you agree with it or not, uh, for you who are part of the censor culture, I say sit down, shut up your pie hole, and go watch the movie. It's the way things were back then. Just get over it. You well, I'm... Um, I mean, it's not Birth of a Nation. I mean, come on. I agree with so, that. So, I mean, I, I, I don't... And even though... I don't... Look, Birth of the Nation is, you know, what it portrayed is is ugliness. However... Technically. It is the time of our country it was made in. Well, technic, te- the technical aspects of that movie, when it was made, the year that it came out, yeah. was mind-blowing. Yes. I, you know, how they put that film together and, you know... Those long sequences of live action shots 
and the way they use the camera and also just the massive amounts of people involved in that, how they shot the horses, all that kind of thing. Technically, Birth of a Nation is phenomenal. But now the subject matter is is horrible. But, you know, that was the world of 1915, whatever. But now, um, you know, and and I can see where there people would have an issue with that with that film with Birth of a Nation. I get that, just like how you know they, people have an issue with Song of the South. I get that, right? Um, you know, and that's but that's, you can't just say you can't show that movie and say it didn't happen because it did, right? But 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 Birth of a Nation and Song of the South are way different than Gone with the Wind. Oh, okay? no, no, I'm not I putting mean, them just in the same way, category. Yeah, I mean there there's no way. Gone with the Wind's even near what that's, you know, those things are in any way, shape, or form. And if you even look at Song of the South, a lot of that was that the races can get along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had an Academy Award winning song in it in Zestity Doodah. That's true. That's true. true. I mean, I'm just saying. You can't find that anywhere. I've got my copy of it. You know, Call thing, me a racist if you want. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying that. The whole I'm bear just, rabbit thing is 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 uh, history. But if you if you look though at the controversy on Birth of a Nation, or you look at the controversy on Song of the South, that is more, I don't know, justifiable than a lot of the controversy on Gone with the Wind. Okay, I'm, right. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, don't really, think any of it is justifiable. You no, just have to no. say this is the way it was at that time, and accept it. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. I agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I agree with that. But I, what I guess what I'm trying to say is I do not understand people getting up in arms so much and upset about Gone with the Wind. I get it with the other two. I don't get it with that film. Is what I'm saying. Well, Gone with the Wind, they get upset about you know the mammy thing and all that kind of I stuff. I get it. That's but what they get. But it is what it I was. Get it. I guess you know. uh, maybe I should write up a placard as you walk into the theater and it says this movie represents oh, the mores no, of nineteen thirty. No, I'm just people kidding. that are buying I'm a ticket kidding. to see it want to see it. They want right? to see it. You know, That's it's right. kind of like when we did Blazing Saddles. Everybody knows what they're getting you when better, they buy a ticket to yeah, it. I hope you know what you're getting. I'll never forget all the people who came who had never seen it and walked out and looked at me and said, Holy cow. And Blazing Saddles <laughs> that was I mean it is just such a social commentary and it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Mel Brooks knew what he was doing, did the thing. I mean, yeah. for real. It's 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 just spot on perfection. Did it you, is, do you ever wonder what it would have really been like if Warner Brothers wouldn't have gotten involved and Pryor would have played the sheriff? Because you know oh. he was supposed to have played the sheriff and Warner Brothers well, nixed I it mean, and they I, ended up I mean, with Cleavon Little. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, although I love him in that role... But you think about how much bigger the film would have been. Oh yeah, if you had Richard Pryor. Oh in my that. lord, he was just what becoming a t- monstrous on. But what a talent, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at Richard Pryor, I mean, he really changed the game for stand up. Yeah, I mean, just one of those once in a generation guys. I mean, after him, you got a long time. Then you get your Eddie Murphy, right? That's right. Eddie Murphy and, and, cha- was a game changer. Yes, and you know, kind of been there a little before Richard then Chris Pryor. Cro- then Chris Rock. Red Fox, yeah, before, yeah. before Richard before Pryor, any of them. yeah, yeah. Red Fox before that. So, but I mean, really, you 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 got Red Fox, and there's a whole bunch of dudes you don't remember. Then Pryor, then a whole bunch of dudes you don't remember. Then Eddie Murphy. You know, it's. Uh, I think Eddie Murphy's hosting Saturday Night Live tonight or is tomorrow really? night. I think so. Yeah, I think he's is on he Saturday go, Night Live. Is he going to do the landlord? 
Um, <laughs> he's doing Saturday Night Live soon. I don't know. If, they may not be doing it this weekend for the Can holidays. You say the next gum bucket. The next Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I think Eddie Murphy is the host. So. But, yeah, I mean, that would have been wow. Can you imagine what that would have done at the box office if Richard Pryor had had that role? Well, and Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder he wrote, did so. He wrote the script. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it would have, and, and, and also, the, and everything he did with Gene Wilder, too. All right, let's I take mean, a break. Yeah. Yeah, Silver Streak and all of that. All oh, right. oh, yeah. Nine minutes till three. Matt Smith's here. We'll be back with more in just a moment. All right. I motion to Zach, who usually is my producer at this time, but... Russ has come back because he wants to remember his humble beginning before he became the OM of the radio station and had to worry about all the radio stations. I'm sorry. The board just cut me off there for a second. (laughs) Well, it must have been what you were going to say. Must have been. (laughs) No, man, I was in here doing production, and then all of a sudden, Zach walks in and says, hey, it's six minutes after two. Dave's not in his chair, so <laughs> I finally fired off the music. And I was I making thought, coffee. Oh, get the show started. You did good. Why not? You got you to go. Well, I, had, I had Zach come in. Tomorrow, he's going to go see The Rise of Skywalker. I am. And you won't understand that title until the very end of the movie. Okay. The vi- I'm, and I'm serious. It's the last about five minutes mm-hmm. you'll understand why they named it that okay it's but we were talking about this earlier and this whole thing about that for some reason there's something wrong in servicing the fans of a movie right and Mm. it seems to me that it's the younger critics that don't like this and the older critics don't have any problem with it at all why is that with younger critics i don't know why i agree with it because like i said I, that's what i've noticed from the, the text messages that i received this morning for people who have gone to see the movie last night did you see it no i have i'm going tomorrow you night. hadn't been okay yeah right. okay mm-hmm. i thought so, she was going thursday night i was planning but that seven o'clock i was waiting for it oh okay. i was waiting for okay. it gotcha gotcha and it just got too close to the day i'm like you know what i just gotta make a decision <laughs> gotta <laughs> okay. make a decision now okay Okay. So I'm going tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't. I can't tell you why um, people don't pull the trigger. I don't know what the deal is. It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of crazy um, how people rush to buy the ticket Thursday. Yeah, which didn't make a lot of sense. And I was talking to the folks over at uh, Cabot, and mm-hmm. that's the way it was at Cabot. Yeah, really weird. Uh, really, really weird. Uh, we we had a lot of tickets sell Thursday for Thursday night. Mm-hmm. How long have you had now the recliners at Riverdale? Because yours was the first theater five that years. was getting them. All right, it's five years now. Okay. And you know, I was talking. I forget who I was talking to, and they were saying, "Well, I like to go to," and it was a different theater. Yeah, because they got the recliners, and I said. That's everywhere. I said, why don't you go to uh, Riverdale 10? Mm-hmm. It's closer to your home. That's true. Mm-hmm. They got recliners? And yeah. I said, yeah, it, it just goes to show. It takes a long time yep. for it to percolate through people's minds. First location with recliners in the state. Yeah. First location with alcohol in the state. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it's – it's I've, I've never ceased to be amazed at just how dumb people are. <laughs> I mean, people are dumb. And I, and I just wonder how they get through life uh, blows me away. I mean, 
Some people are dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there like that. I mean, I'm trying I, to save your bacon here. Well, no. I mean, I've actually had people walk in the building. By the there. way, thanks for the promo, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> I've had people walk in the building there and actually say they didn't know a movie theater was there. Really? Been a movie theater there for 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. I mean, you got Riverdale 10 on the building. Yeah. You know, you can go on your phone, Google it, Riverdale 10. Okay, but, it tells you what it is. 30 years. There's 30 years. That, yeah, 30 years. And which, That's longer than Zach's been alive. Yeah, That's, and what's yeah. really interesting. They didn't know a movie theater was there. Blows my mind. There, there, and I mean, we've got another, a website, a Facebook page. building over there yeah. that's been a bank, a nightclub, <clears throat> yeah. right. a bunch of other yeah. things. Yeah. I bet you they remember some of those things. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> That's and crazy. We, had a, we, had a, we run a newspaper ad, one of the last theaters on earth that does that. Got a Facebook page, got a Instagram page, mm-hmm. uh, got a website. Um it, it, it's had the same recorder Showtime's phone number, uh, you know, since uh, at least 2003. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. People people send messages in and ask if we're going to be open on Christmas. Yeah, you're always open on Christmas. That's I mean, one of the I biggest days I got days an email today <clears throat> asking if the Hot Springs Theater was going to be open on Christmas. <sighs> and I emailed back and I said, we've been open 365 days a year in Hot Springs since 1982. So, yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be open on Christmas. All right. And why don't you stick around? We're going to talk a little further about this fan surface. Yeah. Thing. We have more coming your way. Stick around. Matt Smith is here. He is the proprietor of Riverdale 10, the Hot Springs uh, Cinema, the Cabot Cinema, the Searcy Cinema, and soon a cinema in Batesville. That's all coming your way when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hour. We got one last uh, half hour with Matt Smith, who is here. He is the Who's owner. Send that little punk back over here to do his job. Oh yeah, I'll send him <laughs> over here in just one second. I got Zach in here real quick because you know I like to bring Zach on because he, are you at the end of the millennials or the beginning of the Z's? I think I'm at the end of the millennials. Okay. Really close to it. So I got to bring somebody on that can kind of interpret for me. Okay. What the heck the millennials are thinking out there? Oh, okay. Because like, I don't get it. You know, my 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 daughter just turned seven, and my son is two and a half. Yeah. He'll be he'll be three in May. Okay. And my daughter knows everything about him. They are stuck together. They're like glue. They're yeah. like two peas in a pod. Right. Little Elvis there. Okay. They're just just like each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, just stuck together. And Good. so he will say something, right? But he's two and a half, right? Yeah. And he will string off a whole paragraph or something. And I got no idea what he just said. <sighs> and she'll tell you. My daughter speaks brother. <laughs> My daughter speaks brother. And so I'm like, what did your brother say and what is he talking about? And yeah. she will tell me, 
She yeah. knows every word, what every word he's trying to get out means. My daughter speaks brother. That's cool. She is a She's brother, a linguist. She, like, is a, mm-hmm. she is a brother translator. She and I say that in, all the she time. She might be in... Uh, Jumanji yeah. three what did is he the say? linguist. What Man. did he say? And she will, oh she will, goodness. she will give us the brother interpretation. That's funny. It is, and All I right. mean, he's got his own way of saying everything at two and a half, but she knows what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Too much, man. By so, the way, did you like Jumanji? Oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it was very, very good, and I can't wait for the third one because there's going to be a third. There's going to be a third. I There's got to be with that kind of box well, office, the way guys. That come they, on. I, I know the how way on. they ended it. I, yeah. Come on. Gotta, it's her, come his on. mother the is in there now. Come he's got to go get come his on. mom. Come on. You think he's going to leave his mom come there? On. No, There's I mean, three. I just, I, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I see it. I and, and it made 60-something million dollars first weekend. You can't turn down that kind of money. I expect that uh, Dwayne to be back and that Kevin Hart to be back and Jack Black. Gosh. What else is he doing? Jack no, Black no, seriously. Hart's I mean, first it's good. Second, it's set up for a sequel. Mm-hmm. And third, it's making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see who directed that movie? Uh, I didn't pay attention. Kasdan. Mm. The son of the great Kasdan who did The Empire Strikes Back. Nice. Mm. I thought that was pretty cool. Family thought business. Was, thought that was interesting. With yeah, that, the, the last Jumanji um, kind of opened slow, but it built. Yeah, it was a little slow because, you know, it took me a moment mm-hmm. to... Want to go see together, it? Well, no. To trust to, it. Oh. To put together who the characters right. were because I forgot who the characters from oh, the very beginning of the first mm-hmm. film No, were. I'm saying the box office built slow. Oh, oh, okay. It was like a word-of-mouth picture, which was surprising. Yeah, that was surprising. It was a word-of-mouth film, and it built slowly over time, and it had good legs, and it stayed on screen for a long time, and it Oh, earned. the first Jumanji. The first Jumanji. Yes, oh, I agree yeah. with that. Word-of-mouth film, stayed on screen for a long time, had good legs, it was an earner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got out a few weeks before Christmas. But last year, or the last Jumanji, which mm-hmm. I guess has been two years two ago. Years. Two years ago. That Christmas, it did $20 million nationally on Christmas Day, which is unheard of for a movie that was as old as it was right. yeah. on Christmas Day. That's mm-hmm. a perfect family movie. Yeah, word, word had gotten out, mm-hmm. though. And then that thing just kind of you know stayed there, okay? Laid in the cut, as we say, on the street, <laughs> and just stayed on screen until uh, Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it really, and and it was kind of it was kind of surprising that it, that it hung around that. It was so good. Yes, it Let's was. see how really. long this one hangs around. Yeah, well, I think it's, this, it's I think funny this, too. Yes, the, the slate of holiday films this year is superior to last year. You know, last year you had Wreck It Ralph at Thanksgiving, you had Mary Poppins, you had Aquaman, you had Bumblebee, mm-hmm. and Bumblebee. Right? That was a good movie, by the way. I liked that movie. Didn't do, well, didn't do that well yeah. at the box office. But now this year, by comparison, you have Frozen Two, Jumanji: The Next Level, you have a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and you have Spies in Disguise. Yeah. Though it's, it's Spies in the Sky is going to be a big movie. Those four movies are going to do much more box office than Aquaman, Mary Poppins, Wreck-It Ralph, and Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Right? The big four this year are Star Wars, Spies in Disguise, Frozen, and Jumanji. Right. You know, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, so let's go back. Servicing the fans. You know, servicing fandom. What is wrong? This is what I take from this. I, I specifically went to see Star Wars 9 to see how J.J. Abrams was going to wrap up right. the, this 42-year saga, mm-hmm. of course, that's been going mm-hmm. on. And? And he did a great job. But I what, think he did. Others say, no, too much fan Too much fan too service. Too much fan service. Mm-hmm. Well, Tell- but it's the fan service that he does is integral to the movie. Yeah. 
I mean, there's there's people that show up in this movie mm-hmm. that you don't know are going to show up until all of a sudden, boom, they're on the screen, and you go like, wow, wasn't expecting that. And you also got to look at their mindset going into the movie. They don't want to admit it, but some of you got a lot of Star Wars fans who were so upset with The Last Jedi Look, their minds are already made up as as far as, you know, how they're going to interpret the film. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. It's or, Disney. Or what they've read. Like I said, what they've gonna read hate online. What? what are they going to hate? They're going to hate this movie just because of, you know, oh, The Last the Star Jedi. Wars because, Star Wars movies, oh, okay. yeah. Because okay. they but, don't go to a movie anymore just to be entertained. That's true, they, too. They Something as simple as that. It. That's true, too. There are some miserable dudes out there. I, <laughs> I mean, seriously, they, they really are. I mean, just can't enjoy life. I, I get that. But 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 tell me this now, since you, brought, since you brought up what he did, has there been a J.J. Abrams film that you just hated? Just, no. Nope. I mean, I like J.J. Abrams and how he 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 restarted Star Trek. I really like those movies. I Thank really you. did. So mm-hmm. now, so now that he circled back to the Star Wars mm-hmm. thing, you're happy, and he's more a Star Trek guy than he is a Star Wars guy. Okay. Even but he ha- admits that. Okay, has he directed a film that you hated? No. Has he directed a film that disappointed you? Nope. Did you go to the film and get what you thought you were going to get? Yep. Yeah. Okay then. That's J.J. Abrams. Right. That's why people right. like him. Mm. Right. You can trust him with a franchise. Yeah. There you go. So you know when he came back, you should have known. Gonna- <laughs> You know what I think that I'm surprised that a lot of these Star Wars fans who are so upset with The Last Jedi, wouldn't they be so happy that this trilogy has closed up? Because I'm, they were I'm so glad upset. It's over. You glad, like, when did you like, I, I, I'm, I'm glad, glad it's that over. it's finally done. I'm glad it's All over. All right, I'm glad it's done. Well, I wish the, the three prequels had never been made. Really? Yeah, those I'm, I really didn't do much for me, but... Well, it's it's there's going to be more. I mean, when I was at Disney, I right. went down to the new Star Wars mm-hmm. area and... It's so cool there. Rode some of the rides and stuff like that. And it was just year year after. You know, and they've just got the Millennium Falcon parked out there and there's a TIE Fighter parked Mm -hmm. over there. There's an X Wing. You know, all the stores are set up like the Cantina Cantina is in the movie and you know, there's a there's a land speeder and I mean all the park workers there are dressed like character you know the characters from the movie and everything blends in and okay you're standing in line to do something and chewbacca walks by <laughs> and then you know you you go to a different line to do something and there comes some stormtroopers goodness gracious the whole star wars land is a trip and i expected it to be that way it's yeah. off the top and it's 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 just over the top and it's big right yeah and that was so cool and then we went over to animal kingdom and we we got this deal where we i, I get this deal where i get in an hour before the park opens yeah you know, mm-hmm. so i get to do that and I get hooked up. Disney hooks me up. I get to Fast Pass to do everything we want to do. I get into parks for free. Um, so I get a lot of, like, I work at Disney Connections because of the theaters. And then my guy, uh, Steve at Disney, he's the vice president for theatrical sales. Uh, I've known that guy for forever. Sadly, he's retiring next year. It's breaking my heart. But um, get a lot of hookups and perks at Disney. So we go get into the Animal Kingdom Park an mm-hmm. hour early. And I got my two little kids with me. We're standing in line to uh, meet Timon and, and, and all, you know, the Warthog character. Yeah, the, yeah, and the mm-hmm. Warthog character yeah, from, from Lion King. So yeah. my kids want to meet him, and my son obviously thinks they're real because okay. he's two and a half. Mm-hmm. And so we're standing there this line, and then just, well, this wave of people blows Goodness. by us. And I'm like, my Lord, what is that? And the photographer guy says, uh-huh. well, they just opened the gate. Yeah. And I said, well, where are those people going? He said, well, they're going to Avatar. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay then. Uh, because the last time we were down there, we were there at Halloween last year. We okay. went for Halloween festivities last year. This year we went for Christmas festivities. So we finished up all of our photos and everything. I'm like, what's up with that? 
So we head over to that section of Animal Kingdom. This yeah. is a new thing that they're doing. And you go in there and, dude, you're an avatar. It's wow. a trip. I mean, it's, it's like it wow. looks like you're on the planet, you know? Okay. Yeah. And then they got this 3D ride that you do. And the wait on that thing is a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. But I had a fast pass to go to that thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to check this thing out, right? So you, you only waited 59 minutes. No, I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm I, went just right, yeah, I went right on into the deal. <laughs> and, and, and I get on it. And it's like you're on the thing and you're going to ride it, you know? And it's all in 3D, and you got to put the glasses and stuff yeah. on. I mean, it's just mind blowing, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm riding this thing, and, I'm, and my my daughter's riding the other one, mm. and she's just she's loving it. She's seven years old. She's loving it, right? It was so crazy, it got me messed up. I had to take my glasses Goodness off because I was getting nauseous. You know, I'm like Whoa. virtual reality, huh? <laughs> yeah. And we got off that thing, and I'm just like, wow. I mean, it was that Avatar ride was a trip. Avatar. It was mm. a trip, man. Okay, so I want to break into your your okay. your, your thoughts. Okay, on all and they're making more avatars. They're making I know, more. There's three and, more and, coming. And, and they took a section of the parking lot there at Animal Kingdom, and they're building some kind of avatar thing there. They've got like big fences up, and they're building something out there, and it's got like a coming soon deal. It's going to have something to do with Pandora. Door. I don't know what that's going to be. Now, James Cameron. I don't know if it's more not, park or if it's more ride. What, or what movie have you ever seen that James Cameron disappointed you? He's better than Abrams. Yeah, for real. Fantastic. In my opinion, he is. He's he's, he's man. fantastic. He, he, so yeah, they're making three more avatars. Yeah, he's, he's but I mean, great. you know, they're not done with Star Wars, and you know, they're not done with Avengers. There's no. more of that stuff they're rolling take, out, guys. They're going to take a little bit of a break from Star Wars. Yeah, true. They're going to zero in on their TV stuff Disney with Star Plus. Wars. Oh yeah. Then mm-hmm. they're going to come back with. It wouldn't surprise me. If you don't get a full fledged man, uh, man. Was it Mandalorian? Mandalorian yeah, Mandalorian mm-hmm. movie. Gosh, to be it's so honest. great. That is so great. See, this is the stuff that drives me crazy from a critic. He's talking about the movie, and he gets in and he goes, Abrams has repaid Disney's faith in him by delivering a dutiful, on-point final installment. I'll bet one barrette of any sort of genuine inspiration. Gone is the sense of new possibilities. Dude, it's the ninth movie. <laughs> what new possibilities? are? They're not going to have another movie. This is, this is the wrap-up. There are not new possibilities out there right now. You have what you have, mm-hmm. and now you're to tie it up and end it. And they already introduced that in the Last Jedi at the end with the little kid where he used the Force to get the broom. Yeah, that already introduced you know some new possibility that everyone has the Force. Not basically, a, not for this one. Yeah, this, this one. When you walk away, there's always been the thought: What is Ray all about? Yeah. What's her real background? Right. That's okay. answered in this movie. Oh. All right? Oh, okay. You're always wondering about uh, Ren. Mm-hmm. Kylo. Why did he go to the dark side? That's answered in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what you want. Yeah. It's supposed to wrap it up. Yeah. It's supposed to. <laughs> right? We're, 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 we're at a close here. Just like the Avengers Endgame. We're at a close now. That's right. We're closing it up. Mm-hmm. And. I mean, how can you can complain about I'll, that? I'll never know why at the very end of The Last Avengers, everybody was shocked that Iron Man died. Yeah. What are you shocked about? This phase is it over. It was leading up to mm-hmm. that. It has been. I mean, the ultimate sacrifice. That's right. That a man will lay down his life for his brother. Mm-hmm. That's what it was all about from the very beginning. Yep. That's right. I just don't get it. I, I don't. Yeah, people can be just can't figure this stuff out as they're watching some of the movies. Mm. You know? Now what are they gonna do? There's 
There's tons of Marvel characters That's out right. there. Mm-hmm. And some of them are coming next year. What is it? Uh, the one that, uh, the you, one that uh, was it? Uh, is Jolie in it? Um, I know you have the, um, the Immortal Eternal. Angelina Jolie? Yes, you do have the. Not the Angelina Jolie? Yeah, I think she's in that. Okay. Oh, is it the Internals? Nice. Or is it Immortals? Whatever the, maybe the name it's the of it. Immortals. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's coming. There's more coming. You know? There's like coming got, next year. We got, DC, we got DC coming. We oh, got yes. Wonder Woman coming. Oh, yes. We got... Uh, oh, that Wonder Bird? Woman 1984 looks good next year. Birds of Prey. 1917 mm-hmm. looks good. If you're talking about I can't next year specifically. 1917 yeah. looks good. Oh, Bad yes. Boys for Life looks good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Iron Man is Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> on January the 17th. He is. <laughs> he it's going to be interesting. And that, that will bo- be. And that new yeah. Bond movie in April. Oh, it looks like it's off. The, I'm ready for it. It's really off. You seen the, the newest hook. trailer on that? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's off the hook, man. It looks good. Did you see the teaser trailer for A Quiet Place 2? Yes. Oh, I did see that. It looks yeah, great. It's it short, great. but I mean, it's like. But oh. just in January, 1917, mm-hmm. Dr. Doolittle, and Bad Boys for Life. Those three alone, just in January. I can't wait for 1917. And I think that Grudge film on January 3rd is going to be a good horror flick. Have you seen it? It's it rated, looks good. It's rated it, Sony's mm-hmm. big on it. And Sony's it big on bloody. it. It's Sony's big bloody. Sony's big They're big on it. I, I, they're, yeah, they're behind that film. So, I mean, that looks good in January. But, yeah, just looking forward, Quiet Place 2, that'll be big. Yeah. And the Bond thing in April is very exciting. So going back to fan boy. Sorry, my bad. The, the, no, the biggest the biggest complaint of the last Godzilla movie, yeah, was that they they nodded to the fans too much. That's right. Well, why wouldn't you? The first Godzilla came out in the in the early fifties, and plus you already got like say. Personally, I like the 2014 movie better, but you already got plenty of story with that film. And this one, they could do that because, look, you know, you already know Godzilla's back history with the other movie. Yeah, you know, I'm how he came saying, about. I'm, I'm just saying, it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever well, heard. Well, you know, of. people always complain about something. Well, uh, I think it's like what Matt said. Some people like to, you know, if they couldn't there's complain, some, they some, wouldn't be happy. They some, wouldn't be happy if man, they couldn't some, complain. There's some unhappy people out there in the world. We started a Facebook page for Batesville. People going crazy because we doing something with the theater there. And, I mean, there's some chairs there that are seriously like stumps with two-by-fours on them. I mean, they're rad. I think when people get so stuck inside that one yes. mode, yes. Well, they just, they're just negative. For so, they went negative. They just, yeah. they went negative. They yeah. just, their, their life is negative. And so these chairs were used, wore-out chairs. They were When they were installed in 1994, mm. they were already worn-out seats, I was two right? years old. Yeah, horrible. That's how long the seats have been in this theater, if you can imagine. So we started a Facebook page for Batesville, and we put on there, hey, we're putting in all new seats and stuff like that. And some troll clan had to go on there and say, well, I'll see it when I believe it. Or I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Put it on there. You know, I believe there's new seats going to the theater we're when I see it. We're new owners. Right? So, so I commented <laughs> back, and I said, well, my brother will have two trailer truck loads of seats pulling mm-hmm. up to the theater on Monday. December the 23rd at 8 a.m., mm-hmm. we'll be unloading the seats. Once you swing on by and go Facebook Live, my brother, and record it so you can believe it. In fact, you can help unload the truck. Bring a dolly, my friend. <laughs> there you go. All right, a break, and then we'll finish it up. And, Zach, I'll let you get over there to the studio, and you can you can spell the man, <laughs> the legend, and my good friend, Russ, over there. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. I'm sorry. It's the cast. Mm-hmm. In the original Star Wars, there there is a chemistry in that cast that you cared about every character. You know, Mark Hamill. You know, you had uh, Harrison Ford. 
and, and all the rest that were in there. You cared about every one of those characters because they sold out to their characters in the movie. Okay. In these movies, your main characters, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Ray and mm-hmm. what's her name? Daisy is her name. I'm trying to think what her name is. Okay. Anyway, she sold out into this. In yeah. fact, I read an article just today. She said she uh, they they saw the movie before the premiere. They showed it to the cast, and she couldn't stick around, stand around, and talk about it because she went out to her car and wept. Yeah, because it moved her. Yeah, all right, and that's the way art should do. Yeah, and uh, you they know, have Princess Leia in this movie. She is in there. Okay, don't spoil it for I me. I won't spoil it for you, but she's in there. They got and my they, man Harrison And Ford. I tell you, they, they do really good. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you who else is in it. Is Harrison Ford in it? Yes. Okay, good. Han as long shows up. As long as I got my man Han Solo. Han shows up. Because he was my favorite character. But then, I like Han okay, so let's look He's at, my favorite. Let's look at not the, that I didn't let's like look Chewbacca. Look at these last three. You got Poe. Okay. All right. He's yeah. supposed to be the new Han Solo. And uh, Isaac, the guy, Oscar Isaac, I think is his name, who plays the part, he doesn't put any emotion, enough emotion in it. I mean, Han Solo, Harrison Ford, there was emotion in his character. Not this guy. He doesn't, he does not have what, it, he doesn't have that charismatic presence on the big screen. At least that's how I feel. We'll see if people agree with me. I'll be talking about this after I get back from my holiday vacation. I loved Han. I loved che- Chewbacca, though. You know, yeah, North Chewbacca's Vader was good there. and scary. He's there. Luke was all right. Chewbacca's in this one. Palpatine nice. is back. You saw my picture with Chewbacca at Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I did. I couldn't beat the that. The Empire. Yeah. Uh, the head of the Empire, Palpatine, is back. We we rode that Star Wars ride, too, and they put you on that Star Wars ride, and it's like you're on a, a, a traveling through the galactic. They mm-hmm. set you down in there, and they get everybody set Three, in. And you put your glasses on, two, and they say, "Wanted a rebels wanted." There you go. <laughs> From politics. So uh, that's why I talk about culture a lot of times. It's why I have some of the guests that I have when I'm on at CPAC or people making movies and things of that nature, because culture is upstream from uh, politics which is just a little bit upstream from your household. So Shane Stacks is going to join me, and I've been talking today about the new Star Wars movie, which I liked. I really did. As I said, I gave it a B. It didn't get an A because I thought it had an uneven start, but that it found its legs about 45 minutes in, and from that point on, I really liked what what abrams did with this movie now shane stacks just saw the movie not probably didn't get out of the theater more than 35 40 minutes ago because when i asked him if he's if he had seen the movie he sent me a picture of the screen with credits on it saying watching the credits roll right now shane how are you brother i'm doing great man uh thanks for the always love coming on the show so thanks for the invite uh, I agree with you. I, th- I think a B is a very, a very good uh, rating for it. It was a lot of fun. It hit a lot of great notes. Yes. Uh, there was a, there was a, they did some stuff, and I won't do any spoilers, 
But they did some stuff on a scale they've never done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they told satisfying stories about people. Yes. Uh, and they and they tied a lot of stuff together. There what, were only you know one or I, two. Yeah. What I re- what I really really liked is how good triumphed over evil. Uh, it it did, and and I think that. That's, you know, anybody, everybody should expect that in the final installment, right? I mean, uh, Star Wars is the good guys versus the bad guys and, and good wins. You know, it's space opera. But they went, but, so, but, yeah. but what was cool about it is they went beyond that they, they beat, you know, the, uh, what, what was it they were calling themselves the final something? I forget what it was. The fi- the, Final order. Order, yeah. yeah. All right, so the you had final this, order. the final order, and, and and they win. And that should not be a spoiler to anybody. I'm just telling you. If, anybody, yeah, yeah, if, if it, anybody's upset by saying that, it's like, have you watched Star Wars for 40 years? Yeah, 42 so, to be yeah. exact. So here's, yeah. here's the big question. They went even deeper because the thing that has always, I've always liked about Star Wars was the spiritual element of the of the series. They got away from that in the prequels. They came back to it now in the finishes. Right. Uh, right. And, the, and the, I don't think this is a spoiler. The midi-chlorians do not come up. <laughs> no. It's just, you know, it's more about the will and the spirit and who am I. You yep. know, I could... And it's always, especially this... Uh, Especially this trilogy, but in the original trilogy as well, there was a lot of I could go either way. And there's, you know, pitiful, pivotal moments and what do I do? And, you know, uh, so there's a lot of that. But yeah, there's some spirituality, there's some uh, faith, hope. Yes. Uh, I love, without getting giving away anything at the end, I love the cavalry at the end. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I love I agree that very much. They've never done that in a Star Wars movie, and I love that very much. I love. Um, I really like yeah. this movie, and I like yeah. how uh, how it ended. I mean, there's. I, I, I look forward to about a month down the line where we can talk about a few things that happened in that movie that would be spoilers right. if I talked about them right now. But uh, you know, yeah. when we start talking lightsabers and things of that nature, but they're big, big philosophical statements well they are and star you know that was one of the things that that resonated with people with the original trilogy in the 70s and 80s was that philosophy and spirituality it wasn't Mm -hmm. christianity but it was it was dealing with philosophy and and uh and spirituality and and i would say this this movie you know kind of went back that direction uh a lot of big characters got moments that were good uh, there were characters that have always been sort of treated as secondary or the butt of jokes that they got to have some heroic moments. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was nice. I, it was what I wanted to you know. Everybody, I've been kind of joking around on social media, but at the same time, I mean it. It's it's space opera. It's entertainment, you know, and people expect Thank it you to be this much. almost. Yeah. People expect it to be this quasi religious and it's the movie. It's not meant to be that it's escapist no. entertainment. And I went to this movie expecting escapist entertainment where stuff went boom and lightsabers go snap hiss 
and there's ga- bad guys that are clearly bad and good guys that are clearly good, and and it was great, and that's what we got. You know the other thing that's in it? Redemption. It, it is this. Uh, I heard somebody mention a day or two ago, they said Star Wars has always been about redemption, and, uh, you know, this movie, they had seen the movie and said this movie fulfills that, and they pick up a couple of beats from earlier in this trilogy that seemed like failed moments and they turned them into redemptive moments. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, they, that, they really that did. That was nice. I, I, yeah, that I was agree. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, you know, there's not a lot to dislike here. I mean, there was one woke moment if you're looking for it. Uh, somebody you said, know, and I want I, I gotta tell you, somebody yeah. said to me that two women kissed in the movie. I sure, I didn't see it. Did you see it? They did. It's yeah. There's a moment, and then they feature them again. That's what I would say is the woke moment. Uh, but it 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 wasn't a theme throughout the movie. Man, I, I mean, just if you to- understand, I Hollywood, totally missed you, that. You know. Oh yeah, they. I mean, it was uh, it was there because I went. I went. I said something like, "Well, there it is." Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, but it didn't surprise me, right? I mean, I'm actually surprised, given. Hollywood's trends over the past couple of decades that Star Wars hasn't been more, you know what I mean? Oh, I go, like, I, feel I, like I it, exactly yeah. understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I really, really yeah. do as yeah. far as that's concerned. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. I just thought this movie would have been an A for me, except, let me, I got to pull the people here. I'm not a big fan of Oscar Isaac. He plays Poe. He's supposed to be like Han Solo. He does not have that emotional depth that somebody like a Harrison Ford has. I mean, he's 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 leading the final attack, and it doesn't he he can't emote, man. I'm just telling you. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you the best emoting, other than Chewbacca, right? Because yeah. that, Chewbacca's that character, great in this movie. Yeah. That actor has can do nothing but emote. Billy D. Williams was pretty good. You know, he emoted his you know rear off uh, on the on you know the scenes he had and yeah. the uh, you know it was uh, it, another thing that you know we all know that Carrie Fisher died. Uh, I thought they did that really well in this movie. They she's much more in the movie than I expected. Yeah, but and they, they did it they, well. They adapted. They adapted to her dying in in real life very well, and it, and it felt smooth in the story. It felt seamless. Uh, but yeah, it was. It, it really did. It was good, and and like I said, it's it's what you want in a Star Wars movie. You got space battles, and you got ground battles, and you got lasers, and you got bad guys, and you got good guys, and they you finally get to see the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a big baddie that. Uh, you know, a fan favorite. Uh, we already talked that, about you know, him. <laughs> yeah, we are. You know, we get some more time with him, and yeah, uh, the Sith, Ray, show, the, the Sith yeah. shows up. Yeah, the Sith is yeah, and I loved. You know, it it answers some questions that people assumed weren't going to be answered after Last Jedi, right? Uh, you know, I'm not going to say what it is, but you finally learn about Snoke. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you Say get that more. Time. Go ahead. You finally learn about Snoke. Turn on your mic. You, you find you find out about Snoke. Yep. 
And I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to say what or whatever. And you find out that in the first, what, 40 minutes. You find out pretty soon because a lot of people felt let Mm -hmm. down, like, why why didn't we know more about Snoke? And I think this very satisfyingly addresses that. I do, too. Uh, Yeah. And there's... um, there's just a lot, and you know, there's a lot of fun stuff in the movie. It's Star Wars, the last, you know, and it's J.J. Abrams Star Wars. The last so. forty-five minutes of that movie is as good as and as the fourth movie. I'm just saying, you know, it, it's, it's yeah, as good. It was, I mean, great. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is really it's awesome. Very good. Mm-hmm. And no, I, it's the last. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's all right. Go ahead. No, I was just say, yeah, I, I agree with you. The the third reel, as people used to say, yeah, uh, is I mean, just pure on Star Wars, where they're tying up, you know, forty years of story but keeping it entertaining. I agree. Uh, and they they do add more to the story of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only the characters that we already know, but showing you more of like the Sith and things like that. And and I, I thought it was very satisfying. It's what I wanted. It's yeah. escapist entertainment. Oh well, right? you're. So, you're you're the person yeah. that they say they they did too much. Uh, how did they put it, to Zach? What did they say? Fan what? Fan service. Fan service. Oh, fan service. Does Whatever. It, that just yeah, ticks me it, off. I've put yeah, forty two years into this. Story that, <laughs> yeah, right. I deserve yeah. some fan well, service. Right. No, there's some fan service in it. Moments that are in there to satisfy the fans. Yeah. But the fans deserve. I don't know, deserves a strong word, but why would you not satisfy the fans? Right? That's my that's, fans, that's exactly right. my question. I've been right. asking it all yeah. day today because all the negative right. uh, reviews I read, that was their main argument. And I'm like, what did you expect? It's, it's snoot. That's the snooty nose in the air film critic stuff, right? And what people forget. Star Wars is an homage to the old movie serials. Yes, it is. That it, you used to it's see before not, the movie when you went to the theater. Right. It's just, it's it's Flash Gordon, it's Buck Rogers, it's all this stuff. It's not supposed to be this big, heavy experience. The very fact that George Lucas was able to take an homage to movie serials and weave in philosophy and spirituality is pretty cool. Yeah. But at its at its underlying base, it's supposed to be just escapist fun. You know, uh, let let's just have some fun. And you know, the bad guys are the bad guys, and the good guys are the good guys. And yep. and and you know, good wins. If it, and it, that's it, what I want. It's a, yeah. it's again, it's it's a western in outer space. If if they weren't yeah. doing land speeders, they'd be on horses. If they didn't have uh, light colored and dark, red colored and and white colored yeah. lightsabers, they'd have white hats and dark hats. And I'm just right, you. exactly. Yeah, the 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 language of movies, you know, the language of westerns, you know, the bad guy wears the black hat and all that, and rides and, the black you know, it's horse. It's funny you mention a horse. Yeah, and rides a black horse. Uh, it's funny that you mention horses because again, I don't want to give a spoiler away. But there's a very fun, a very fun scene. Yes, there is. That I totally did not see coming mm-hmm. at all in the third reel. I agree. And I'm like, you've got to be and I know kidding what you're me. I was like, about. that's too much fun. Yeah, I was like, that's too much fun. It's it's so, a great. Yeah. It's a look. 
when I say a B movie, that's me saying it's a great movie. You know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get an you didn't get an A because I thought there were a few people that were cast that just didn't deliver. Uh, I mean, as I said earlier on today, when you go back to the original three, you know, when you're talking about uh, Star Wars and you're talking about The Empire Strikes Back and you're talking about, uh, you know, what was it, Revenge of the Jedi, uh, those movies, because of the original cast, that original cast in those movies had such a close chemistry they, they really were did. special. That, I agree with that. And that's one of the reasons why the prequels, the, the, they didn't get any chemistry together at all until like the third movie. And even then it wasn't, you know, what the original Star Wars was. Uh, this The J.J. trilogy, even though Ryan Johnson directed the middle part, it has more chemistry than the prequels did, but they never, you know, it's hard to get that, you know, that pure chemistry like you have with Carrie Fisher and, you know, uh, Harrison Ford and oh, Mark yeah. Hamill. Oh, yeah. And that's really they were hard. Fantastic. And, right. you know, Sir Al, you know, Alec Guinness and, and all the rest that were part of that whole uh, series. I mean, da- Daisy Ridley, I thought, did an excellent job. She did. I think she did an excellent job. Adam Driver was very good. I don't think he was as good as Daisy Ridley, but he was good. I still think they Uh could have gotten, they may have been able to cast somebody who could have been somewhat darker than what he was. Well, I think what they were trying to do with him was they wanted the conflicted uh, tantrum-throwing, you know, millennial, basically. Yep, that's what they wanted. Uh, The mid yeah, the mid twenties guy that you know was torn and conflicted. Uh, you know, I thought there was a couple of scenes in the movie I actually kind of liked, where I was like, "We're kind of getting the adventures of Kylo Ren here." Yeah, uh, you know, and I was like, you know, I don't know. I've always kind of liked Kylo Ren because instead of just making another Vader, you know, they they kind of took it a different direction. Yeah, but I, I understand what you mean, like. Like, Daisy Ridley steals the scene more when they're together. Yeah, she does. She right? chews up uh, the scenery right. very well. Yeah. And I think John Boyega, I mean, Finn is my favorite character in the new movies. And I think John Boyega does a very good job. But, again, you know, when you put John Boyega and Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley, Ridley together, uh, they don't have that exact, no. you know, they just don't hit the same chemistry. But it's good. You know, it's it's yeah. far better than the chemistry in the prequels. So, so with that said, let me just say to everybody, it's a family movie. You can take your family to and they will enjoy uh, your kids that are, you know, probably five years and above will understand it a little bit better than if they're a little bit younger than that. But, mm-hmm. hey, the ones that are a little bit younger, they're going to enjoy all the action in those movies. Oh, there's plenty of, and there's cute robots and there's, you know, all that stuff. That new robot's uh, pretty good. Yeah. Dio. Yeah. yeah. He's Dio. like, he's very cute. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the little, and I'm not going to say anything about the plot, but the little mad scientist alien. That oh my God. Droids, that was hilarious. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. yeah. He was great. Uh, I will say, and I'm, I'm guessing you got to get to break and I've got to, I got to run here in a second, but I, here is my bellwether, where if a movie that could be considered geeky, they did a good job in uh, making it pleasing for your, your mainstream audience. Right. 
is is the, is the lovely Sheila. Uh, and she went to see it with me. Yeah. And she watches some geeky movies with me, and I can tell she's just being there with me because I wanted to go. Yeah. But she really enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker. Good. Like, she was getting into it, and, you know, so that's my bellwether that I know that they made a movie that mainstream audiences will engage with. All right. Fantastic. Shane, yep. have a great uh, holiday. Thanks for filling me uh, filling in for me uh, next Thursday. I appreciate you doing that for me, brother. Have a Merry Christmas. I'll see you in the new year. All right. May the force be with you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Santa Claus needs the force. I'm just telling you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up this half hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, something that we had not discussed in any length uh, that's a big issue out there is this whole thing about the governor talking about hate crimes. I'm all against it. A lot of other people are against it. I think it gets into thought crime. It gets into freedom of speech. And uh, I don't want to see us uh, follow uh, the way a lot of states have done about this. So uh, when we come back, Jerry Cox is going to join me, and he and I will discuss that as well as the story about Christianity Today and uh, their editorial uh, saying that the president should leave office. We'll talk about that. Uh, And then he has another story he just kind of threw over at me that I got to tell you, you got to hear. You won't believe it until you hear it. But a lot of stuff that's happening in the United States now, I believe, is starting to filter in from Canada, especially towards the church, because the church is really under attack in Canada. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hour. 
A lot of you are going home right now. Congratulations. You made it through the week. A lot of things are starting to really pop. Things to be done with your families and things of that nature. I know as soon as I get off the air at 6, I have to hop in my car and drive back to Cabot where I live, get over to New Life Church because tonight's uh, the first night of the candlelight. And uh, we're going to do that tonight because uh, my daughter and her husband and three of my grandkids are leaving tomorrow to go to California with his family. So uh, we want to be with them. So that's the way we're going to do that. And then I think uh, we have some other uh, family members that are joining us as well. And New Life Church does a nice job with the uh, the candle lighting thing. It's, it's a lot of fun to go to. Then you don't have church on Sunday. And then we don't have church next Sunday. It's kind of interesting that they say take off the 29th, and that's a way of saying to all the people who work at the church and who volunteer at the church to make sure that church can be church, they don't have to get up early and be there. Because we do three services now. We start at uh, 8 o'clock, and so those people are getting up like at 5 o'clock in the morning to go serve, you know. Well, that's dedication, Dave. I'm yeah, telling you, is. that is it really is dedication. So um, hats off to them. But, you know, um, at this time of the year, it, it it's hard to keep focused on the real purpose yeah, of Christmas. And, and I think we all have to work at it. And some of us do it a little better than others, but I'm grateful that we have good churches. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Jerry Cox is that other voice you just heard. Of course, he's from Family Council. I asked him to join us today. Haven't talked about the governor. Uh, He kind of uh, hinted at this back in the last general session that he wanted hate crime legislation passed. And everybody kind of in the Senate and in the House kind of went, I don't think so. You know, and nothing happened. Now he's pushing it again. And, and and Jerry, I don't want to see it happen. Well, there's a lot to say about hate crimes. Uh, first of all, Dave, neither you nor I or any of us want to see anybody get hurt. No. We don't want to see anybody mistreated, no category of people, um, you know, targeted and all these other things. And my, we have so many laws already on the books that, that address all of that and more. And, um, when people come out and they talk about a hate crime, it stirs up all kinds of emotions uh, because it, it sounds like it's, um, um, you know, something that we all need to do something about. And it is. But the problem with a hate crimes law is, number it, one, Dave. It does harm. It does a lot of harm, but they don't work. Um, most states around the country have a hate crimes law that say, you know, we're going to enhance the penalties if you target a particular group of people because of who they are. Like if you said, we don't like Muslims or we don't like Jewish people or we don't like certain race or certain religion or whatever it is. These states have passed these laws over the last 20 years, and it hasn't slowed down hate crimes one smidgen. Not not nope. a bit. Not a bit. In fact, Arkansas does not have such a law, and our hate crime rate in Arkansas is real low. I think there were like 14 hate crimes last year or something, and that's a real small number for any kind of crime. And so, number one, they don't work. Number two, hate crimes laws get into thought policing because, Dave, think about it. Every time you hear somebody talk about a hate crime on the news, what do they say? 
it's being investigated as a possible hate crime. Yeah. Well, what do you think? What What does that mean? Well, that means that we got to investigate. Well, what did Dave say? Uh, what did Dave post online? Does he is he a member of any organizations? And they start putting together this profile, and they say, ah, then it must have been because he, he hated. must have been thinking this. Yeah, he and and so it gets into thought policing. Yep. Uh, and and Dave, you and I grew up during the era of the Cold War, where in grade school we were taught that in America you don't get punished for what you believe. You can believe what you want, even if it's objectionable. What you're punished for is breaking the law by doing some illegal act. Yeah, by stepping over into the rights of another person. Exactly, exactly. And so this takes us to a place that I think people better stop and think, where does that take us? If I can punish you, Dave, for what you think, then I can punish you for what you say. Yeah, and that's where it really gets to be, as they would say in England, the sticky wicket. Absolutely, absolutely. So then... Also, these hate crimes laws always say a crime committed because of a bias toward, and it'll say race, creed, color, national origin, and it'll, it has a laundry list of, of categories. Well, Dave, what if I'm not on the category? Does beating me up warrant less punishment than beating you up because you happen to be on the list and I'm not? Well, and, all- and that's a problem. All pigs are equal, but just that some pigs are more equal than others, right? I guess so. And so that's a problem with with these hate crimes laws is who gets to be on the list yeah, and who gets left off. And how do you get on the list? Exactly. And then the fourth one is unique to Arkansas. Back a few years ago, the Arkansas legislature passed a law that says no local government can extend rights beyond the scope of state law so state law protects race then a local government can protect race if state law protects religion then local government can do that correct all that if state law doesn't address sexual orientation lgbtq transgender gender identity perceived gender identity if state law doesn't address that then local government can't do it either yeah they can't extend the law that's right and so as soon as we put sexual orientation in a hate crimes law and make that a protected class, then there's an ordinance in Fayetteville and one in Eureka Springs and one in some other places that suddenly will now be enforceable because those communities illegally, so to speak, passed those laws. And here's what it boils down to. Dave, you've heard about the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, yep. so to speak. The, the the people that said, you know what, I don't have anything against anybody, but I don't want to cater your wedding. I right. don't want to photograph your Correct. event, all that. Well, the reason we haven't had a bunch of cases like that here in Arkansas, the reason we really haven't had any, is because Arkansas doesn't offer any kind of statewide protection, so to speak, or enumeration of those categories. And as soon as we do, then you're going to see people out here who are just trying to exercise their religious beliefs by saying you know what i'll sell a cake to anybody that walks in my door but i don't want to go over and do the gay wedding 
Or if it's a Muslim, he might say, you know what, I'll I'll serve anybody that wants to come here, but I'm not going to involve myself in a Christian event or something like that. I, it's against my religion. Mm-hmm. And that's part of who we are as a people. It's always been we have freedom of religion, all kinds of religions. And that gets over into violating that. And so there are four reasons that hate crimes laws are bad. Number one, they don't work. They're not a deterrent. Number two, it gets into thought policing. Number three, it discriminates against any category that's not listed in the law. And number four, it gives the gay community and the transgender community a hammer to use against people of faith. And if that's not enough reasons, I don't know what is. Now, let me give you a good example of that doesn't work. Just uh, last week, uh, some people went into a kosher uh, grocery store in New Jersey. It was, of course, Jewish-owned, and uh, and killed some people there. Right. They ended up getting killed themselves. What was the governor's? Well, number one, it didn't stop the crime. It didn't. And and number two, what was the governor's answer? The governor's answer was, "We've got to make our hate crimes law more restrictive." It would do nothing. What? And see, here's what that does. I've read some writings of some prominent thinkers in even even minority communities, and they say, you know what? These hate crimes laws probably take everybody's attention off of real solutions to the problems, because lawmakers will pass a hate crimes law and say, okay, we took care of all the hate, we took care of all the problems, and now uh, we'll move on. When in reality, they haven't done a thing to mitigate that problem. Um, and, and hatred is a problem. I, I wish people wouldn't hate. We're a fallen creature. We are. And, and But passing a hate crimes law has not fixed the problem anywhere, anywhere no. in the country. And these laws have been on the books in some places for over 20 years. And, you know, Texas has a hate crimes law. It didn't stop that fellow from going down to Walmart and killing a bunch of people. I wish he wouldn't have done it. But he did, and the law didn't make a bit of difference. And so we've got to find a different solution to some of these really awful problems. And I know, Dave, we can talk about the situation up in Iowa a little bit. But, yeah, we'll uh, talk about that. I, I do want to bring that to our our listeners' uh, notification. I want them to understand uh, we've, you know, you think that this can't happen in the United States, some of these things, but yet you go to Houston and what the mayor in Houston did with with uh, some preachers down there, this is a direct uh, result of things that are happening in Canada, and we can talk about all that, Jerry. I'd like to. Well, and see what we're what we're getting into is getting very close to hate speech. Is what we're getting very close to, and making that illegal, dangerous. And then who decides? That's I mean, that's who decides? the whole problem. I mean, who decides what is hate speech? And that includes what you post on Facebook and other other social media sites. Uh, you can find yourself in a situation very quickly where they're saying, mm, no, we're not going to post what you have to say because we deem you as being somebody who's spreading hate. When in reality, you're exercising free speech. And there's there's a difference there. All right. We got to get a break in. First break for this hour. Jerry Cox is my guest. If you have a, a question or you want to make a statement, 8230965, talking about hate crimes legislation. The governor wants it. All the elected officials I've talked to don't even want to deal with it. They don't want to do anything about it. They think it's it's looking for a problem. 
We'll talk further about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, 22 minutes after 4 on a uh, a Friday before Christmas. That's kind of the way we do it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Now we got Christmas coming up, so we're counting down to the big, you know, guy with the red suit and the big white beard and stuff. We talk about that. So Jerry has a story that if this doesn't chill your blood, I mean, it did. When I read that, I only had to read the second line, and I got, whoa, what's this? Check this out. Okay, this is from this week. This is December 19th. What's today, Dave? The 20th? Yeah. So yesterday. Yesterday. Okay, uh, this is out of the Des Moines Register newspaper. Um, uh, Adolfo Martinez, 30, of Ames, Iowa, was found guilty last month of third-degree arson in violation of individual rights, hate crimes, third-degree harassment, and reckless use of fire as a habitual offender. Now, what did he do? Yeah, check this out. What did he do? He stole a gay flag from the front of a church building on the outside of the building. I've got a picture of it here. Mm -hmm. Carried it down the street in front of a strip joint set fire to the flag, burned it. That's it. Now, what? what That's what the man did. What would they done if it was the American flag? That's protected speech. Nothing. Not a thing. He got 16 years in prison for doing that. Now, if if he... (laughs) He got 16 years. And on top of this, it says in here, just for taking the flag and burning it, it was a five-year penalty. Yeah. Uh, and so he would have, you know, here's here's the bottom line. If there had been a gay flag there and an American flag hanging on the front of that church building, this this dude, who's a criminal, not a, not a probably not a good guy necessarily, but nevertheless, if he had taken both flags, gay flag in one hand, American flag in the other hand, run down the street with it like he did with the gay flag down in front of the gentlemen's club mm-hmm. set fire to both flags and burned them there would have been no penalty for burning the american flag except he stole it yeah maybe maybe and, petty larceny and, and and probably set a fire in public which would be a, again a, a little misdemeanor of some right. kind he probably wouldn't have gone to jail for more than a year maybe not even that much Doubt probably if he'd gone to jail at all probably so but because it was a gay flag and Iowa has a hate crimes law that enumerates sexual orientation, then the the penalty just went out the roof. And here the guy is going to be sent up for 16 years for taking that flag off the front of the building, going two blocks down the street and burning it. That's all he didn't. He didn't hurt the church. He didn't hurt anybody. All he did was burn the flag. Okay. Now I want everybody to understand something. We're not saying that it was okay for what he did we're just saying that the uh the penalty is much too strong for the crime of course i mean theft is a crime charging with theft arson is a crime whatever you want to set in a fire in public crime uh all that it's a crime charge him with that go ahead but and if he's a repeat offender enhance the penalty because he's a repeat offender but this whole idea of invoking the hate crimes law see we think a lot of times 
a hate crimes law. Well, that's going to be against those murderers out there, those evil people mm-hmm. that torture innocent people or go into a church and kill some innocent people. Well, yes, it, I guess it would apply to them, but it also applies to these kinds of situations that are it, – it's just ridiculous to think that a person ought to be charged that severely for such a, a petty crime. And that's what that's the slippery slope that we find ourselves on with these hate crimes laws is nobody knows where the boundaries are and you don't know where the lines are and you can be out here i'm sure he had no idea that he could be charged with a hate crime when he did this and so that's the slippery slope that we are into with this and there are cases of this as you said uh, Dave, in other parts of the country, or especially in Canada, oh, where Lord they'll mercy. nail you for hate speech up there if you start from the example, pulpit. Yeah, a pastor decides he wants to preach what the Bible says about homosexuality, and all of a sudden he's guilty of hate speech. That's where this road leads us, and a lot of well-intended people are going to say, well, but if it makes people feel better to have a hate crimes law, well, it's not just a feel-good law. It's mm-hmm. a big old stick that can be used against people in a way that you would never imagine, especially given the way things evolve in our culture. I agree. And, and you know, it's people don't think things through, Jerry. They It sounds good. There's, they've got the Maxine Waters thought process. Mm-hmm. I know that this is wrong. I don't have any facts for it, but I know that it's wrong in my heart. So, you know, we'll just change the law and and we'll do this. Well, it's about feelings. And yeah, that's, uh, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, law shouldn't be based on feelings. It ought to be based on facts. That's why we have the rule of law and all mm-hmm. these other things that we've lived by all these years. But, um, you know, the the guy was clearly in the wrong. I mean... And I'm not condoning his attitude either. But Dave, once again, I live in a country where you can have a bad attitude, a wrong attitude, a bad belief, a wrong belief, and I don't think you ought to be put in the jailhouse. Well, right now that. you live in a country like that, yeah. but it's changing. Yeah. yeah. Because if if I can have you locked up for what you believe, then you can have me locked up for what I believe. That's right. If it's different. As long as I can convince enough people to say that that's wrong for you to even think it. Correct. Correct. And so, and again, you and I were taught when we were kids, it was those evil communists over there in the Soviet Union that drug people out and and put them in the the gulag Mm -hmm. for what they believed. Or put a gun to the back of their head. Yeah, and just put an end to them right there. But that's where I fear that this road leads us, is into a world that looks more like that than the world that we have right now and the world that, the founders intended our country to be which is a place with freedom of religion freedom of thought even wrong thought you can well, still have it this is another example as is uh the political correctness movement and the pronoun movement i haven't asked you what your pronouns are yet <laughs> i've been doing that lately but the the bottom line is is to take away your individuality and you have to be part of a, I like to say the corporate, yeah, which is communistic in nature. Right. Well, and what it does is it puts the force of law behind political correctness, mm-hmm. 
all of a sudden now it's not just that we're going to say make fun of you if you say a certain thing we're going to we're going to prosecute you if you believe a certain way and commit a crime all right jerry and i have more to talk about when we come back it's the dave ellswick show news is next all right back on the dave ellswick show and we got jerry cox here i told jerry i wanted to talk about a couple other things besides hate crimes legislation i don't know if you heard about christianity today now this is a magazine that was started by the late evangel uh, evangelistic pre- uh, preacher billy graham uh, he was closely tied to that organization well today or yesterday i guess it was the uh, the magazine came out saying that the president should be impeached and truly he probably should leave office because of what he he did. And I I just looked at that and I said, you know what, I don't remember Christianity Today writing a letter like this or an op-ed like this for Obama or for for Clinton. Well, when Barack Obama praised Planned Parenthood, for example, I don't think I heard a peep out of a lot of these folks. And so, and I'm not saying that, that they have to speak out on everything that a president does or says but dave it's like you and i were talking at the break even if you think the president did something wrong does it rise to the level that you want to upend the entire governing government really of the united states in such a way that you uh would be the first time in history that a president has ever been impeached and removed from office. See, Dave, a lot of people are ignorant of our history. They think, well, other presidents have been impeached. Well, they have, but they've never been removed from office. Not even Andrew Johnson after the war between the states back in the 1860s. He was the first one to ever be impeached, but he he fell one vote short of being removed, and so he remained in office. And so what they're talking about is something that would be unprecedented in the history of our republic uh, to remove the president from office. And that is serious business. It ought to be done as a last resort when it's like, well, there's really, we have no other thing that we can do because things are so bad. And I think if it rises to that level, then yeah, but let's talk about that. But, um, for a Christian magazine to run out there on that limb, I think they're on some shaky, shaky ground. Well, they they threw their weight behind Hillary Clinton in 2016, and I I just found that the the top tier of hypocrisy that the guy said I'm a pro life individual, but I'm still going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I thought. This is a woman that says abortion is all right up to the moment of birth. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, I think those of us that are people of faith that try to live an ethical life realize that the president is not what we want him to be in that area. I mean, nobody that I talk to, you know, is trying to defend that in any way whatsoever. But again, to say that it all rises to the level that we have to do this cleaning of house. And Dave, I, I have a, a fear that 
our our system of government may turn into this where every time a president gets elected, the party that didn't win launches an impeachment uh, effort against him. And we live in this world where it's just this uh, high level of contention all the time and nobody gets anything done. And, you know, I, I fear that if, if they are successful in removing the president from office and let's say that Mike Pence becomes the president, will they try to impeach him too? Will they try to find some reason to remove him from office so that Nancy Pelosi can become president because she's next in line after that? So where does all that lead and what kind of a country are, are we creating here when we just um, live in this constant world of, of gotcha kind of politics? Uh, and and that, that concerns me that people in Washington can't seem to ever be able to work together on much of anything. Well, I used to have a lot of respect for Christianity today, but I began losing that respect uh, in the late 90s. And uh, as they've gone along here in the 2000s, I've definitely uh, left it. Franklin Graham says that uh, he's the son of the late pastor, Billy Graham, said his father would have been disappointed by Christianity Today uh, and their editorial calling for the removal of President Trump, which was widely celebrated by the left and caused the website of Christianity Today to be crashed. Evangelist Franklin Graham said that his father, quote, disassociated himself from the magazine years ago. You know, I didn't know that, Dave. That's new, that's news to me. Yeah. I, I did not know that. I'm not surprised, but it's, I did not know it. Said he was disappointed himself by the moral high ground they've tried to take but don't have for invoking his father's name to get rid of Trump. Said, wow. uh, said Franklin, quote, my father knew Donald Trump, believed in Donald Trump, and in the last election he voted. For Donald Trump. And if he were here today, I'm sure he would tell you that himself. Graham responded in a lengthy Facebook post late uh, today uh, to the editorial title, Trump should be removed from office just a day after the House of Representatives passed two articles of impeachment. Christianity Today released uh, this editorial stating that President Trump should be removed from office and they invoked my father's name. I suppose, to try to bring legitimacy to their statements. So I feel it is important for me to respond, Graham wrote. Yes, my father, Billy Graham, founded Christianity Today. But no, he would not agree with their opinion piece. In fact, he would be very, very disappointed. The pro-Trump evangelical revealed his father not only supported the president, but he even voted for him, a fact he has repeatedly declined to confirm before his post. Billy Graham, who died in 2018 at the age of 99, served as a spiritual advisor to decades of presidents from Truman to Obama. President Trump responded to the editorial Friday, tweeting the far-left magazine knows nothing about reading a perfect transcript of a routine phone call and would rather have a radical left non-believer who wants to take your religion and your guns than Donald Trump. As your president. Wow. No, that's it. I mean, that's the truth of it. Yeah. Well, and um, again, you know, does anything going on in D.C. rise to that level where you need to take the leader of the country and you need to oust him 
that's that's pretty stout stuff. Yeah, it really is serious, serious yeah. stuff. And, because yeah. you're overriding the the uh, votes of sixty plus million people. Correct. That is correct. And and on and on and and. But see, Dave, here's here's what I find troubling about the world that we're in right now. People that are leaders of publications or heads of corporations or people that have spheres of influence, it seems that they have lost their courage. It seems that they have lost their backbone. It seems that they're afraid to stand against the the tide of political correctness and all the other stuff that's out there. They're afraid to stand up. It's easier just to, to bow to that and you know, I see that with uh, many of the corporations out here that are so concerned about what a small minority of people might say if they were to say the word Merry Christmas or whatever it is. That's the world that we're in right now. And so now we're seeing it move in, not seeing it, but it's moved into the church. It's moved into the realm of Christianity where people are afraid to speak truth because they're afraid of the the kind of backlash it's going to bring. And because they refuse to speak the truth, they are finding themselves more and more irrelevant in our culture today. Well, especially when you look at what the people of this country still believe. The the, the values of the people are much better than than the media will have you believe. I'll use this example. Many years ago, we tried to get a law passed here in Arkansas declaring that marriage is the union of a man and a woman. Well, I couldn't get it through the legislature. We tried and tried. The legislature wouldn't vote for it. So we went out, circulated petitions, put it on the ballot, and guess what? When the people got a chance to vote on it, 75% said yes. huge. Marriage should be the union of a man and a woman. And so... I think we're seeing a situation where some of these entities with spheres of influence, like publishers of magazines and heads of corporations, are so concerned about a small minority of people and what may be said, and they're in their little echo chamber, and they don't understand what the Dave Ellswicks and the Jerry Coxes and the people in the small town in southwest Arkansas where I grew up, down between Dirks and DeQueen, that area, mm-hmm. they don't know what those people think. They, they don't care what those that's people flyover think. country to them. And yeah, they don't and, care. And they think those folks are clinging to their guns and their God and all that. But they're the ones doing most of the living and dying and fighting and working and tax paying all that. And those people, I think, are the ones that will save the country. If anybody's going to come out and save it, they're they're our hope in, in doing that. And I, I, uh, they're the salt of the earth. Absolutely. And so Christianity today can do all their yammering and all that stuff. But I I still hope and pray that just good people who live out here in little houses and trailers up and down the highway will rise up and make a difference and make the country what it's supposed to be. All right. So when we come back, because we got to get the last break here, Jerry's going to be with us to the top of the hour, how this can affect your freedom of speech, and more importantly, uh, importantly, your freedom of religion. We'll sure. talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've come back for the final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show with Jerry Cox from Family Council. 
And uh, we've been talking about hate crimes uh, laws or the hate crimes legislation that the governor has been uh, out uh, kind of beating the drum for here recently again. And I don't think that he's finding a whole lot of traction uh, here in the state with this. And I expect that he'll probably, you know, sit down and just shut his pie hole on it. But the bottom line is, as we've talked, Something that worries me most of all is freedom of religion. Uh, If you look at what has happened in Canada, uh, a lot of the same thought processes that led to what they've done are playing themselves out here in our country. About, I think it was two or three years ago, maybe as far back as three years ago, in Houston, Texas, there was a homosexual mayor, a female, who wanted to stop preachers from preaching against homosexuality. Mm -hmm. And that's their right to preach. And in fact, if you believe that men are called to the pulpit, it was their responsibility by God to preach. Well, absolutely, Dave. And if freedom of speech is going to exist anywhere, should not, it shouldn't exist in the pulpits of our absolutely because that i mean we say political free speech is the highest protected form of speech i would beg to differ and i would say religious free speech in the pulpits of our churches ought to be highly highly protected here's the key she demanded she tried to bring a legal action against i think it was six pastors in houston texas and she demanded that they turn over all of their sermons from a a specific time frame. And they were going to uh, look at those and see if what they were preaching, they saw as being hate speech. Right. Right. And pastor surprised them. Pastors all over the United States showed up in Houston Mm -hmm. and stood shoulder to shoulder with these pastors. Right. And it went away. Well, and it should have gone away. It should have never come up. That's exactly right. People who know what our country is founded on ought to know better and know that you do, that we have freedom of speech, that the people in the church have freedom of speech. As long as you're not hurting anybody or telling people to go hurt somebody, in, inciting people to do bad things, then you can say what you want. And, um, that's the scary thing about, uh, for example, the uh, Fayetteville ordinance that was passed a few years ago that's unenforceable right now um, because of the way the law is here in Arkansas. It could change if we have a hate crimes law, but that law would have made you a criminal, Dave, if you as a Christian said, hey, I've got a business here, I'm a photographer, but I don't want to photograph a certain kind of wedding, like That's a gay right. wedding or something like that. For religious reasons, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. You know, here's another photographer down the road here. He'll do it, but I can't do it for you. Same thing with true with, with catering. That law would have made those people criminals and also enabled the person that thought they were injured to sue them and collect damages. Well, that that would drive a little bakery out of business it grinds you did in oregon it did and that was a little photography shop 
that would destroy them. And that's the intent of that is to destroy any voice out there that is not acceptable in the politically correct world that we are in. And so when we talk about a hate crimes law, we're talking about giving those places like Fayetteville and others a hammer that they can use to take away people's religious mm-hmm. religious freedom. That's right. And that is extremely serious. And so that's the message that people need to understand about this. And the reason Arkansas has not had a bunch of these high-profile cases where uh, cake bakers and all have yeah, been Oregon, sued. Oregon, Washington, Colorado. It's because we don't have all that in our law right now. But a hate crimes law passed by the state would usher all that in here in Arkansas. And, yes, if people are hurting people, they need to be punished. Put them in jail. Execute them. Whatever the law says you're supposed to do. Racism, we ought to be working to stamp that out every single day. It's awful. But a hate crimes law is not the solution. No, and I agree. In Canada, pastors have been put in jail now. It's amazing. For preaching from the pulpit that something is a sin. Doesn't that sound like old Soviet Union, communist China, some of these other places that we've condemned? That it's going on right now over there. Yeah, we've condemned them for human rights violations in lots of ways, and yet it seems that we're on the same, we're on that road headed that very direction here in this country. Where you become political prisoners. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah. Solzhenitsyn said to me, all right, because I, I <laughs> that, talked. That sounds to, pretty good, Dave, to say Solzhenitsyn yeah, told me. I talked to him face-to-face, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, for over an hour. And he told me that America, and and at that time, just back in, well, I get lost in time now. It's 80s, early 90s, some somewhere in there. And he made the statement to me that America and Russia were like two ships passing each other. And at that time, Russia was moving towards freedom, and the United States was moving towards totalitarianism. Wow. That's pretty profound. And I I fear that we have continued on that path toward totalitarian, and I fear that the Soviet Union may have turned and headed the same way now, or Mm -hmm. Russia. Because they don't seem to have as much in the oh, way yeah. of freedom now. Oh, yeah, they've made now. a U-turn. Yeah, they've, they've made a turn under uh, Vladimir Putin and all yep. that. And so, uh, but uh, was it Reagan or somebody that said, there are, there are no new countries we can flee to, so you got to make the best of the one you're in right now. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. And the good news is, Dave, I think there are lots of good people out there who understand, they get it, and they're not going to stand by and just let the country go down the drain. They're going to step up. They're going to fight for it. Um, you know, just like people have gone to foreign shores and fought to keep totalitarianism out of the country, we need to do the same thing right here at home. We need yeah. to fight it right here at home. Uh, if you're a patriot, you need to step up and say, you know what? I live in a country with freedom of religion, and we're going to keep it that way. Do me a favor while we end up here of this uh, hour. State for my uh, listeners again what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who died in uh, a concentration camp in World War II, he was a Lutheran pastor. He said, if you're silent in the face of evil, then that itself is evil. Not to speak is actually to speak. Not to act is to act. 
And then he said, God will not hold us guiltless. And so if we see that it's wrong and we don't say anything, then we've already taken action. If we know that we need to take action and we don't, we've already acted. Mm -hmm. And God will not hold us guiltless. That's what he said. And you know what? He paid for it with his life, but he stood up for the right thing. I agree. If you want to read a great book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, read The Cost of Discipleship. And Jerry, with that, we'll call it a, an hour. Hey, Merry Christmas, Merry man. Christmas to you. That's pretty heavy to lay on everybody as we go into Christmas. But, you know, this is a time that we remember, we remember that the Savior came to this world to give us redemption and the opportunity to, to no matter how we've lived our lives up until this point, uh, we can turn him around. He's the great and redeemer helpers. and the savior. That's right. Thank you much, Jerry. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. The Salvation Army is supposed to be stopping by and visiting with me in the next hour. We'll see how close we are with the kettles and stuff when they when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. show and uh, this is final hour for uh today of course i will not be here next week i will be back with you uh on the 30th and then uh, back of course on the uh, the second of uh, the new year but uh, next week i i gotta take some uh some vacation or lose it and i don't want to lose it so i'm going to take it as they as they say so uh, that's that's uh, something that I uh, intend uh, to do. Uh, so coming up this coming Monday, uh, Robert Steinbach will be here to fill in for me. There will be a best of show on Tuesday, Christmas Eve, and on Christmas Day. Thursday, Shane Stacks will be in, and I think he's going to be on the road and going to be doing his show uh, from Texas, if I'm not mistaken. And then... Uh, Friday, Robert's back, and then the following Monday, Robert's back again, and he'll be taking care of everything for me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back on that Tuesday, unless I find that there's another day there that I think I still have coming. If I do, 
then uh, I'll see if Shane can do Tuesday as as well. Or I might get Carl Kimball in here. He does a great job as well. So while we have a few moments here, because in just a second, I'm going to play the speech because I thought it was really a good speech. And I had it ready yesterday, but we had we got into so many discussions with Ed Monk and Robert Steinbach yesterday uh, that I didn't get to play it. Uh, we'll play the speech uh, by Mitch McConnell, the majority leader in the Senate, about uh, uh, the impeachment and, the, and what the, uh, uh, the Senate is looking to do. Let's start off by uh, just a couple of things to bring you up to date of things that have happened here in, in uh, had the debate last night with the Democrats and all of that. How many times did they use the word impeachment last time, last night? Well, here, I'll give you an idea with cut number two. Uh, I can play this, and this is only 16 seconds long, and listen. The House of Representatives voted to impeach. To impeach him. Impeached. President Trump thinks that he should not be impeached. Impeachment. Impeachment. Why do you think more people are not in support of impeachment? Impeachment. We have to stop being obsessed over impeachment. They said it a few times. All right. A few times. All right. So some stuff came out last night that I thought was pretty uh, interesting. For instance, Senator Warren came out and tried to explain her uh, 10 year, $8 trillion tax plan. Uh, And she's not been able to do this very well on anything that she's proposing about how she's going to pay for it. Uh, If as you listen to this, it should worry you if it sounds like crazy mathematics because it is here's cut four senator warren i have a question for you every candidate on the stage has proposed tax increases on the wealthy but you have especially ambitious plans that apart from health care would hike taxes an additional eight trillion dollars over the decade the biggest tax increase in since world war ii how do you answer top economists who say taxes of this magnitude would stifle growth an investment. Oh, you're just wrong. And that's the answer, huh? Let's start with the wealth tax. The idea of a two cent tax on the great fortunes Lie. in this country, $50 million and above. For two cents, what can we do? We can invest in the rest of America. We can provide universal child care early childhood education for every baby in this country age zero to five. Universal pre-K for every three-year-old and four-year-old and raise the wages of every child care worker and preschool teacher. We can do even more for our public schools, for college graduates. We can cancel student loan debt. But think about the economic impact of that. You leave two cents with the billionaires, they're not eating more pizzas. They're not buying more cars. We invest that 2% in early childhood education and child care. That means those babies get top-notch care. It means their mamas can finish their education. It means their mamas and their daddies can take on real jobs, harder jobs, longer hours. And we can increase productivity in this country, and we can start building this economy from the ground up. 
That's how we build it in small towns. That's how we build it in rural America. And that's how we build it in urban America, an economy that works brief answers Wall Street, but that works for me. So there you go. There's there's Senator Warren. Got a question for you. How much do you believe the United States has spent in taxpayers' money for the things that she's ballyhooing there? How much money it's, I'm just telling you, I don't have the number right in front of me. I'll get it for you, and when I get back off of, uh, off of a vacation, I'll have it for you. But it's many, many trillions of dollars. And what's the payback that we've got thus far? What's the payback? Is there still poverty in America? Yes. Has it continued to go up? Yes. Has it gone away? No. Uh, We have work programs to teach people what to do to get a job. And what do we have? We got people fighting, uh, saying that uh, they don't want to do that. I mean, we can go on and on and on, but what she says is nothing much but a bunch of hoobers, and we'll talk about it when I come back from vacation. we got time to deal with this. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the majority leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 